When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Cookie wants to be a professional wrestler. I'm Cookie Serratos, and I'm 11 years old. She also wants to win all the medals. That's why Cookie and her family make every day count, squeezing out her best with Go-Go Squeeze. Okay, Cookie, let's break for a Go-Go Squeeze. Go-Go Squeeze fruit-on-the-go pouches are a nutritious snack made from 100% fruit with no sugar added. Go, Cookie! Because when you nurture your kids, you squeeze out the best in them. Squeeze out their best with Go-Go Squeeze. Not a low-calorie food. Products range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving. Is your instant match reaction for Everton nil, Leeds United one in the Premier League. Disappointing day for Everton at Goldison Park. Second defeat in a row at Goldison Park. Couldn't build on that win against Fulham last week. Uh, joining me today are Evertonians from all around the world. Dave Downey from Manchester, Ryan Reynolds from Australia, and Rob Veer from the United States. Um, Dave, I'll come to you first, mate, because I sort of poked funny at you all this week of being negative about this game, poked funny at you in the score of being negative about this game. And, you proven emphatically right because Leeds just ran all over Everton today, didn't they? Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like being right, but I did, I did fear this, didn't I? I said on the on the weekly that I was petrified of this game in particular, simply because of what Leeds brought to the match as as their sort of standard style of play compared to everything we don't have, and that's why it was a, a real mismatch for me. Don't get me wrong. Sorry, Dave. Just accidentally just, muted there. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've done it. It's been done before. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, and I felt as if it was a, a game of Everton were going to win it. They they had to strike early and they had to defend well. Um, they didn't either of those things, and the latter was quite quite telling in in the sort of system shape and and personnel. Carlo Ancelotti elected to put to the field today, but yeah, I mean, I, my worst fears were were sort of come to reality in that. Their fitness and intensity, and, and I put it on Twitter just now, it just shows you how much you can do with that and how important it is, regardless of the fact this being the elite level. You can see why they cruise the championship, um, simply because fitness is everything in that league. And if you've got a tiny bit of technical ability, that's what ultimately makes the difference. And they have got some decent technical players, not ones that every single team in the Premiership would be looking at, thinking, oh, I'd take him, I'd take him, I'd take him. I don't think they have that one redeeming player that you think, yeah, he's the X factor. But it, 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 that, that team collective, and, and they, they fight, they die for that manager. It's simple as that. They, they put everything on the line for him. Can we say the same? I'm not necessarily sure. I don't think we have players who are engineered that way. We had an interesting conversation mid-match about Alan, and I think he was the only one who stood up to the, um, the, the fitness that Leeds overpowered us with at times. I thought he was excellent in the second half and looked like he was getting fitter throughout the game which is in stark contrast to a few weeks ago when he looked a little bit sluggish at times. So it was pleasing to see that. 
but the rest of them, I mean, it was just a big mishmash of, of, of sort of nothingness in the end, wasn't it? You put in our group, didn't you, the what is this system, what is this shape towards the end of it? Mark Mosey was saying the same, wasn't he? The, we end up at the end of games, everybody looking at each other thinking, what were we meant to be doing there, lads? And mm. it felt like the more the game went on, we become much more disjointed. And let's face it, I think we were really lucky to get out of it at just 1-0. Uh, towards the end, they had some really good chances, should have made it two. Great saves from Pickford. But yeah, I mean, it felt to me like a bit, a bit too predictable this Matt. And you know, again, I think we're not, we're not sort of too and you know, too sort of um, within ourselves not to blame Carlo Ancelotti. But again, I think this part of this goes on him with this system you've set up with, and obviously he fell back into a corner given the personnel that we had injured, uh, Coleman and, and Luca Dean. Now you're going to struggle, obviously, but. The answer he came up with was one that looked very, very disjointed, not confident in its ability to be able to keep a clean sheet in the game. Mm. And we paid the price. Um, incredibly frustrating. You know, we, we could have done a really good thing going up to third had we won this. But again, it highlights, I think we're, we're, getting, we're getting into games this season, I think, where when we lose them or when we drop points, when we don't play so well, we're seeing mm. sort of everything stripped back a little, aren't we? And... Um, seeing what really needs to be done with this side. I mean, it would have been false had we gone third, wouldn't it? Let's face it. Yes. We haven't played well enough. So, you know, it, it, that's a disappointment. But Everton are, are such a work in progress. I have to say, you know, really good match to watch. I, I enjoyed watching. I imagine neutrals would have loved watching that game just, just because it was utter carnage for 99%. Yeah. But I suppose, come to you, Ryan, on this, it's... It's one of them, isn't it, where, you know, Dave's right, it was an open game, but we're sat here against... Leeds been good this season, but they're a newly promoted team. And we're talking about Everton's best two players being the goalkeeper, who kept different being, you know, a lot more in their favour. You've got to say he made, he made more serious saves than, than the Leeds goalkeeper. You've got to say, or probably made made about the same amount of saves in total. And I'll hold the midfielder with, with the two best players. That, that that's going to be a worry, hasn't it? Because Everton were just, you know, Leeds just sort of squares the life out the game and suffocated Everton, didn't he? Late on. Yeah, 100%. And it all started really early too. I mean, how sloppy were we in possession? We were just turning the ball over and over again. And I know Leeds did the same quite a bit as well, but they just seemed to find their gear a, a little bit earlier. And um, Pickford, I think we talked about it off air, and, and Rob made a really good point when he mentioned that you know Pickford plays his one, one in four good games and you don't want to waste them. You want to waste it when the whole team's playing really well. And I think that was a really good point because... He was outstanding today. I mean, he, he kept us in the game for a long period. He made some really good saves. Um, I thought his distribution wasn't too bad as well. You know, he, he looked to get us going on the front foot and um, to not sort of use that to the, the best of his abilities um, or the best of the team's abilities, I should say, is really disappointing. And then just on Allen as well, I thought that was his best game since Tottenham. Um, I thought he was absolutely superb in that second half. And um, I just go, I think it goes to show that, you know, that's the play that we can have in a system when we eventually get players back that he can play that little bit further forward and maybe just highlights again how crucial it is to have that real holding midfielder if we're going to play four at the back and puts a bit more pressure on Gabelman to to come into this side and, and fill that hole because I think we can see some evidence there that Alain could be um, really dangerous in, in that position further forward where he probably doesn't have as many defensive responsibilities. Yeah, uh, Rob, what did what did you make of it overall, mate? You know, me, you, and Mike had a big chat in the kick about in regards to the, you know, where do we pitch this in terms of being an attacking side and a defensive side? And Everton didn't really see me either today, but 
you know, you, you've preached about these defensive issues are, are solvable and, you know, it doesn't really feel like there's going to be a, a ton of work done to, to fix them. But I've got to say, even though we conceded one goal today and we broke that run of conceding two or more goals in every Premier League game, apart from, from Tottenham, um, it didn't feel like Everton had made strides in the defensive play at all. Um, not enough. And really, I... It, it, kind of like Dave said, Leeds are such a, a weird side to try to get healthy against, if you will, uh, from a from a defensive standpoint. Um, you know, given some of the matchup issues, but I I just I frankly feel like uh, the last couple of weeks, but but really this week and maybe some when we were losing, I feel like uh, for as much as I love Carlo Ancelotti, there've been some unforced errors if you will in terms of getting cute with with these lineups um i i i i felt all week obviously missing dean and coleman that you're going to stay with three at the back that's fine i i i saw that most people rightly predicted that you know you'd have keen uh you know being flanked by holgate and godfrey and you know my first thought was keen will have the benefit of not being flanked by keen which will really help him uh, out there a little bit but then you have this situation where last week you were good going forward. Um, you'd only had two days to kind of work on that system defensively, but I felt like, Hey, if you're going to kind of, if you're just going to keep the back three, the same bar barring, you know, Holgate coming in, don't introduce more change there than you need to. Like, well, we played really well at right wing back last week. Why not just leave him there and go like for like and replace Dean with Nkunku at that point or start the game with uh, Delph if you want something that you feel is a little more defensively solid. But what I don't understand is getting cute and saying we're going to – we're, gonna, we're not going to play either of the two available fullbacks we've got, and we're going to use Tom Davis there. And, and Tom, and to his credit, he wasn't bad. Um, you know, he created a great chance that Decore should have scored on early in the game, but it's just that it felt like too many cute, smart, smarty pants sort of changes that, that, that maybe didn't need to be made. I, I felt like you could have stuck with basically what, with what you went with last time, give everyone a little more time in their positions, uh, you know, replace Mina with Keen. That's fine. I don't see any problem with putting him in the middle. But I, I, I just thought it was it was a bridge too far. And ultimately, but having said all of that, we still created enough chances where we should have scored some goals. We, you know, had a close offsides on the, the Rodriguez goal. Decore should score. I, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where if we score, we're having a different conversation. But again, defensively, we're really, really fortunate that that we didn't concede four goals today. And this idea that everyone has a lot of simple answers, uh, especially on Everton Twitter about, hey, you just replace one guy and it solves everything. And that's just not true. Um, the defensive issues Everton have are fueled by their constant turnovers of the ball in midfield uh, and the fact that they have some some issues with, you know, frankly, chopping and changing a lot on that defensive back line. And so, uh, you know, th there's got to be a little more stability added there. Of course, some of that is out of his control because of injuries. Uh, but frankly, until we stop giving the ball away and fueling counterattacks against this, we're going to continue to see some of these issues. Yeah, that, that was the, the biggest issue for me. I think today they just, you know, Decore in particular had a really tough game. Um, I was surprised, you know, when it was confirmed that Delph was going to come on, I thought it would be the core who would go off and Davis would go into midfield because he played terribly up until that point as well. But just even, even the back three at times, so they just little passes out wide into positions and, you know, leads sprung into action. And you just think, 
you need to be a bit cuter and a bit smarter in, in, in those sorts of positions, don't you? Especially against a side that you know is going to press you that mm. high up the pitch. Well, when when's your ne- next stats pack show? It's a really appropriate time to have one, I think, because I can't think of a time, and we're not great at it anyway, that we've retained the ball worse than today. Uh, I thought Ryan was spot on the first five minutes, and they did it as well, but I don't really care about them. Um, in terms of the ball retention and the turnover of possession, was non-existent. And with us, that should be more on us than it should be on Leeds, even if you're neutral looking at this game. Because when they give the ball away, they're fine because they can hunt in packs and get it back. That's such as the intensity and fitness. That's not our game at all. Our game is when we have the ball, you treat it in a precious way and keep it for as long as possible and hope to launch an attack with it. That was completely non-existent. First five minutes, I tweeted at the time, it was almost like Bielsa and Ancelotti agreed to let everybody go on the pitch and do what they wanted to at the time. Um, such was the lack of discipline in our play. And I mentioned this, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago about uh, a leader in this side. Holgate's back in. A lot of people happy that he's captain. He's not up to speed yet. I think that's blatantly obvious. Um, if not if not still carrying maybe a little bit of a nickel from um, his timeout. But to me, in that midfield area as well, I just don't see who is puffing out their chest, dictating what we do. Alan was superb, but he was superb on an individual basis, I think. You need to create partnerships sort of all over the pitch, and we don't do that in, in midfield in particular. Well, the well, they, was genuinely a headless chicken, Matt. Yeah, Alan's performance today was indicative of that. I'm just going to do this myself, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah he, it was, it was him. The time he got the ball and just drove forward with it. Yeah, and he nearly, he nearly scored the goal of the season by doing so as well. I mean, that, my, my heart was in my mouth when... Uh, he knocks it round the Leeds defender and then pings one and nearly deflects in at the near post. And I'm like, that that's awesome. You want to see that? How often have you seen an Everton player over the years be able to do that and drive forward? Indeed, it's what we want and expect from Decore to do that. But him, in a positional sense, I don't know whether he'd been told to do a number of different things, but it was like he had a million different things in his head and he wasn't able to execute one of them to any sort of decent standard. And that for Alan is such a shame when you've got him working so hard, particularly off the ball as well. I mean, some of the in the second half, some of the challenges he put in um, from nowhere to win the ball back, and even when there was a simple pass on, he decided to run with the ball instead. It'd be interesting to see what his sort of sprint numbers were, Matt, and and his um, his dribbles in the game because he looked like a completely different midfielder to me. Maybe that's something we can work on and get him doing some more. Dave, do you, just want, to, like, Dave, do you just want to host the stats pack this week? Seems like you've got more questions than I'm going to have anyway. I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll certainly be posting those questions, Matt. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, but it felt to me like he felt it was out of necessity rather than a genuine tactic in the game. Felt like he was forced into doing that when he'd much rather have his own role in the team that he's been given by Ancelotti so everybody else falls in line and is able to come up with a plan that affects the team in a positive way. Um, he's done it out of spite in many ways, I feel. Um, and then you, you go back to that initial question with the, the sort of defensive culpabilities I just didn't see what we were trying to do in terms of a line. I thought Michael Keane was all over the place. Uh, their goal comes from a really poor piece of defending because they're switching the ball from right to left across their midfield. You expect them, Rafinha, who ends up in quite a high sort of central position when you're expecting them to be on the overlap. Everyone shifts the body shape as if it's going out to that left-hand side to be fired into the box. He just simply think, looks and thinks, well, all the Everton players are moving that way. Why don't I just move the other way? 
slides it to his left and, and rips one. And, and it's a fantastic finish. Godfrey should be out to him quicker. Um, it, it does, it's a, quite a flimsy effort, isn't it? How many times do we see the ball go between defenders' legs and nestle into the bottom corner? That, they're probably a little bit unlucky, to be honest with you. Um, the goal they actually score, ironically, comes from probably a little bit of luck. But how many other chances did they have to put it away, if we're honest with ourselves? But I want to stress here, though, you know, because this conversation's going one way into like a moan fest from us all, and rightly so. But we're not going to play teams like that every week. That this is this is purely a one-off in terms of the type of game we've played. Um, Everton aren't going to come up against sides like that most weeks in the Premier League. And maybe maybe you can count on one hand the amount of games that will be like that with sides that put so much emphasis on fitness and intensity. So from that point of view, you know, you sort of treat it a little bit like a cup game, I think, if you're analysing it. Because who have we got next, Burnley, is it? Well, it'll be, it'll be like a, a totally different sport, won't it? Well, yeah, it will be, that's exactly right. It'll be like a completely different sport playing against them. Um, you know, real physical battle. And one way, if we're able to get the ball down and play, you think you could open them up, given what City did to, to them today. But um, that's why I'm not going to get too critical of how we lost the game. But there were so many things that were variables within our control that we failed to do and keep hold of. And I think, is there not a case as well, Ryan, that, that maybe, you know, you spoke about the manager there, maybe he's got a few things wrong recently. Is he just overcomplicating all this? Is there not a case to say that Awobi played really well at right wing-back last week against Fulham? Keep him at right wing-back. We've got a young left-back there in Kunku who's done well this season, but he's been given chances. He's starting him against Newcastle. And instead, he's, you know, the manager's already... He's unsettled and rejigged the back five that was nowhere near solid against Fulham even further by moving probably our best performer on the day out of position and brought Tom Davis in. Is it not, not a sense that, you know, if we need a, a right wing back to replace Seamus Coleman, give it to Alex Iwobi. If we need a left wing back to replace Luka Dean, give it to Nkunku. Yeah, 100%. And I don't know, maybe this is just the simple Australian way of looking at things, a, a sport that's not our national game or our first sport. But I just kind of look at it and go, why we've got two perfectly fine, um, you know, fullbacks in Kenny and Nkunku there that can play their wing-back position, no worries at all. If what we're going to get out of a Wobie and Davies today is in an attacking sense, then I feel like we're not going to lose anything by Nkunku and Kenny playing in those two positions. And they're probably going to be better defensively. They'll understand their positioning a little bit more and maybe you don't concede a sloppy goal. I, I don't know. But at the same time... Oh, have we lost Ryan there? We I think your back. internet doesn't stretch across... Three different countries. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's back. He's back. Go on, Ryan. Sorry, mate. Continue. You put you saying about the attacking side of the, the play those two offer. Yeah, yeah, and um, I hope I'm not going over myself here, but you know, if if Davies and Awobi, if that's all they're going to produce going forward, then I don't think we're going to lose much by having Kenny and Nkunku in the team, and you're better, you're more sound defensively in that regard because they understand the positions more, and I think it leads to you know a secondary point in that. We talk about players who are confused and you've got a Wobu who's now played right wing back, left wing back, uh, and then you know left and right up the front. Um, you've got Decore whose role is to play, he's played right back, right wing back, he's played in midfield, he's tasked that to either push, push forward and you know join in the attack and then also cover um, Jay, uh, Rodriguez when he doesn't want to track back. It's just so confusing the whole system is really confusing you can see it on the pitch that you know things aren't coming together as as such 
I was just gonna I was just gonna say the point Ryan makes there is really important I think because we we tend to champion players that are versatile. We all remember in the Mohis era how many signings he'd make of players who could play multiple positions. I think what we saw an example of tonight was versatility and versatile players should not necessarily be our primary option when your secondary option, if you like, is players that yet won't give you an attacking outlet but know their position, like a John Joe Kenny uh, and like an Nkunku, who obviously we don't know much about, but we know more about John Joe Kenny. Is there a time to say, and I'm obviously going to answer yes to this, is there a time you simply pose that question to yourself and think, well, do we go with somebody who we know can play in that position successfully? Or do we go with somebody who will give us much more than an attacking outlet in the game, but will not be anywhere near the positional sense and, and everything else that goes with the, the finer details of playing in a full-back position? And I think tonight, emphatically, we, it was answered yes. We would rather have that player and then concern ourselves in an attacking forte with the players that know how to do that. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say in short is that... that players who are so versatile that they can fill a number of roles shouldn't always be the preferred option. Yeah, Rob, you were nodding your head for Sifri there when, when Ryan was speaking. I'm assuming you agree with that as well. Yeah, I, I, I think whether it's, it's going with, uh, you know, leaving Awobi where he was because he was so successful last week or to Ryan's point, bringing Kenny in and just having... Uh, you know, uh, someone who at least plays right back as his primary position or, you know, as your right wing back, you sacrifice maybe a little out there offensively. But then on the left-hand side, maybe you feel more comfortable going with Nkuku at that point. But it, it, again, I go back to what I said before. It, it all just felt like a bit too much uh, change um, yeah. when when really what was needed maybe was – uh, a, a tweak and some defensive drilling uh, this week, which by all accounts they got. And again, as Dave said, I, I I'm kind of with Dave. I, I don't want to get too negative just because I, I can count three, three goals we should have scored in this game that we didn't, uh, that were barely offsides or, or, you know, just chances that we didn't finish off. Um, but having said all of that, um, defensive issues for me are, are it, it, I guess it feels at times like Ancelotti is maybe a, is just for right now going through one of those periods where he's a step behind in his responsiveness to what the issue is. And then he tries to, you know, he'll see what happens in this game, try to compensate for it. But by then you're playing Burnley and that's a completely different game or a different sport, as you guys said before. And so I think that, that those types of things are about getting some rhythm back in. And frankly, guys, as we've been talking about uh, a lot, uh, you, you just get the sense that there is a lack of balance or a lack of, of symmetry, if you will, in that midfield. Um, you, you feel like, and I, I hate even saying it, but maybe it's not, I hate to put it on Gabamin per se, but it does feel like there is a you know, a, a recognized holding defensive midfielder who knows that role, there's a hole, there's that hole right there. Yeah. If you have that, it feels like it would improve a lot of the other aspects of the game, including the midfielders feeling more comfortable with their roles. Maybe you're not giving the ball away quite as much. You're providing a little extra coverage defensively. And again, I don't think Everton have to 
you know, this is not a crisis point. They, they don't need to completely reinvent themselves going forward. They just need to get a little bit better at keeping the ball and a little bit better defensively in terms of their shape, and they're going to be okay. But I feel right now we're just, we're just scrambling a little too much, and the, the constant changes uh, and, and kind of positional changes especially don't seem to be remedying that issue. Yeah, I think I think he's just been guilty. The manager's been guilty of overcomplicating things over the last few weeks. Like it's just, you know, it, it was a case for me that when Richardson was off the, off the side, get the player in the team who's most like Richardson in Anthony Gordon. When Luca Dean's off the side, get the player most like him in the team in Inkunku. The same with Seamus Coleman at right back. You know, I feel like it's the straightforward answers to quite simple questions here. But he's, I, I don't know, if it's a lack of trust or whether maybe this is something we'll speak about more in the week. Whether there's a pattern emerging here where he doesn't quite trust some of the, the younger players in the squad. I, I don't know. But instead of just replacing piece for piece in the side, it feels like he's ripping everything up and trying to start again. Dave, are you going to make a point there? I was just going to say, uh, he'll definitely know next time we play at Goodison Simone because he'll have some people there to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you're right. I think sometimes football, you know, you... I'm not saying this of him because I think he's a I think he's a pragmatic manager in general. But there are you know we've lost four of the last five. Now there are occasions where we've been able to put in point where we've got things wrong and and he's made a complicated decision or chosen the complicated option rather than staying with something that's perfectly simple. Rob's point that, that he's made a couple of times about so will be staying where he was. The only reason I can think he could have changed that is because he's so worried about Leeds getting in down the left. You look at Rafinha who scored the goal was one of their best attacking players. And he is lightning quick as well. It was it, it, a Wobie going the other way. He was ineffective because he was so good defensively as well. He's he's a top player. Um, I think he's a really good left back. Somebody we wish we had in, to replace Luca Dean in this time. But yeah, I mean, why why not go um, when you've got evidence of it to back it up? Now I think that's the more frustrating thing. We've seen these variations in what he tries to do not work. So when you've got the evidence that it hasn't worked, why not go back to something that is much more simple? Go to far back four. You got Holgate fit, Keane next to him. You put Nkunku in. You leave either Alex Iwobi at a genuine right back position, tell him to get four when he wants to. That that to me seems a lot more simple. Look, it's after the events, isn't it? He's obviously thought he's masterminded the way of coping with what Leeds and, and Bielsa bring to football matches. And um, yeah, like I say, we don't have to play them again until what next year. So I mean, it's in terms of the finer detail and analysis of the game. It's purely a one-off, um, but in terms of what how we impose ourselves on any match, there are some gaping holes in that side that he needs to get a grip of, particularly coming up against the Burnley that's only won one game so far this season. Yeah, and just sort of focus on the, the attack, Ryan, before we finish. Um, sort of said to, to, you know, before we started off, I think because of the fact that we didn't have, well, we had midfielders playing as wing-backs, it, it just sort of felt like the front three were left to just create things on on their own today, apart from that one Decore run early in the in the first half. And it didn't really work out for any of them, did it? Richarlison was off it, maybe trying a little bit too hard. Hamez just seemed to be all over the pitch. And I think when he gets the ball, Hamez he goes through processes of I'm gonna look left and he was like, Oh, there's no Luca Dean there. I'm gonna look right. There's no there's no one running up the right hand side. And then by that point it was sort of like you know gobbled up by the leads. Leeds midfield, it just didn't really click for any of them today, did it? And it was probably a, a bit of a consequence of, of the system around them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we were sort of relying on some individual brilliance there as well a little bit. Um, you know, all those opportunities we created outside of the Decoré chance were all sort of 
little glimmers of some individual brilliance. But you know, I just kind of feel like Richarlison's a player at the moment that just needs to score a goal. You can just you can just see every game that ticks by that little bit of burden just jumps on your shoulders a little bit more. And he's had so many near misses. You know, some really good saves have been made against him. Some of his shots in the past few games and. You can just sort of see it in his eyes that he's just one player that really needs to score. And I kind of feel like the floodgates will open for him once he gets that off his chest. But there's just something about him at the moment. I think he's just really feeling the pressure of, of not being able to score. Yeah, final word to you then, Rob, on that. Um, the attack and, you know, not, not quite far. Today. I mean, I think, I think Dom, Dom was good again today at four in spells, but he held the ball up really well. But Rodriguez, not, not quite hard the last few weeks for Charleston. I don't know, like Ryan said, maybe feeling the pressure a little bit. You know, that, that one in the second half, which Hamish played through to Richarlison on his left foot, I thought he was going to hit the target with that, but he's he spooned it over. Usually so reliable in front of goal, but just sort of not quite clicking for him at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's one of those weird games because of the way Leeds play. They put you under such pressure, both in transition, offensively and defensively. And what I mean by that is that when you are getting back there on offense, you know, from an attacking standpoint, sometimes because of the frenetic nature of the game, you you just feel like you have to instinctively choose to do everything, and you kind of lose some some of that systematic approach that that has been you know really working for you. I think everyone just starts scrambling like a fast break in basketball, and Everton can do a little of that, but. You know, I still don't know that that's really our best game. And, you know, we, I, I always am, I'm always a little tense whenever we, we, are on the break and it's Dom leading the break. Like he's the one I don't, he's the one that I want getting into the box and instead of having to, to make a decision with a pass, but guys like Rodriguez and, and so on, I think that, you know, they, they, they kind of got into that, that Nate, that, situation today that Ryan describes where everyone just felt at a certain point when when they couldn't score that that they had to just kind of manufacture their own moment and and that just it didn't end up coming off having said that these are the kinds of games that you bring big individual talents for uh you know bring individual talents in for the idea being that there are going to be games where you can't get your normal flow going but do you have guys that can make those moments themselves well we do it's just that they weren't able to do it today i mean rodriguez almost did richarlison almost did um that's the frustrating part now, unfortunately, we go into a what feels like, again, having lost four or five, like a bit of a must win against a bad Burnley side who have just conceded what they lose five nil today or something yeah. like that. I mean, that's the I mean, of all like that's I don't want them coming off a heavy loss, frankly. <laughs> and, and that's just because I, I, I feel like it's going to be it's going to be nil nil one nil one nil sort of game written all over it. And Everton, frankly, are now in a position where they've got to kind of muscle up to this moment if you will and they've got to find a way um you 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 not getting anything today really kind of hurts getting momentum going into this final stretch but you've got to win at Burnley you win at Burnley then then you start to feel like all right we can make something happen for the festive period but I I just don't want to hear and we've lost today what I don't want to hear is well 
This is kind of to be expected with Luka Dean out. We talked about this all week long. A lot of these top sides have lost key players to even more severe injuries than what Luka Dean has just, just gone through. Uh, and they, they're, they're finding a way. Everton are going to have to find a way. They can't continue to use one person, uh, one player missing uh, as, as an excuse. I, it is an explanation, but it can't be yeah. an excuse. And so hopefully uh, we've got the sort of manager who has the kind of experience and acumen to find a way through. Yeah, uh, let's quickly read some comments out before we go. Uh, Les, uh, obviously from this parish, has said there's no excuse for any team not to be able to match teams like Leeds for fitness. Should be an absolute baseline. Uh, that um, let's quickly go through some more. Uh, Lee quadruple one seventy eight and look like a team of strangers in that formation against the well drilled side. Too many players off the pace, and the shape is so fragmented. Dave Macker said, Dave. It's sad when you have to say, don't worry, we'll only play teams such as this five times. We should be this type of team. Well, I don't, I don't get what he means. Just so saying mean, we shouldn't be getting overrun and outrun by, by these. Oh, no, he's, he's absolutely right. I just mean in, in the particulars of what Leeds United are as a football club and what they're renowned for. Everton, Everton don't have that. They don't. They, that's not the way we play. Look, there's, there's more than one win, way to win football matches, and there's more than there's more than one way of uh, playing against Leeds United. And the way we play today just seemed to play into their hands. Is, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, to put more of a finer point on it, but you know, he, he's right. What I think he means is why Everton not taking the initiative against teams like Leeds United. I feel that. Their, their, their very unique style makes it difficult for a side that lacks pace, penetration and genuine power in attacking areas. It's difficult to break down a lead side that will throw everything at you going the other way because if you go gung-ho against them, as we tried to do towards the end to snatch an equaliser, you've seen how many chances they created and you've seen how often Jordan Pickford was called upon. That's what I'm saying. We, we don't, we're not that team that can do that, unfortunately, because we have... Gen- generally slow players. Who's, who's, the, who's the fastest player in Everton shirt on the pitch today? Richardson, maybe? Yeah. Possibly Richardson, maybe Holgate in a foot race? I don't know. The point mean? is, they've okay. got a load and all due respect to them, but like I think you said in the preview today, Matt, Leeds have a load of players you probably couldn't tell me the name of. I could probably tell you the name of five or six that were on the pitch for Leeds today because they all scramble into much of a muchness that is this big, intense, fast, attacking units that is their forte we're reliant on a couple of individual sparkles in there with some competent midfield and defensive performances quite clearly they don't mix in t- in, and, and come off in our favour so that, yeah. that's sort of what I'm saying that it's 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 different playing them than it is against other sides yeah and just one more quickly from Patrick Ridge uh, we'll have to get back on the show again soon if you're doing alright mate he said defensive turnover is a huge issue as Rob says and that comes from fitness fitter players stay, stay sharper mm-hmm. longer with the changes why was it not moved to a 4-3-3 with Godfrey at right back to Corey midfield a lot needs to be asked of Carlo dreadful decisions nobody wants him gone but he must do better yeah I think that's fair enough mate and Dave Matt, just, yeah I was just going to say on, on Les's point he's absolutely right that there's no excuse for us not to have the same fitness level as Leeds United I think it's more how they utilise it um, in, in those attacking areas they you know it's how you use the batteries that you've got if you like isn't it and we, we tend to sort of let ours just play out in a slow stagnant way whereas Leeds tend to just use all of theirs up then recharge them at half time and go again yeah. I think a lot of people say we haven't even got any batteries after that day yeah very true honest. very true but just um, certainly one, not your cell yeah one, one other uh, stats just mentioned my team a few times 
Uh, that, in terms of XG, that was Everton's worst defensive performance for 101 Premier League games. So, there you go. Pretty not great in the back. Not great yeah. in the back. Hmm. Must do better. Uh, we'll leave it there anyway. Thanks very much to Dave, to Ryan and to Rob. Uh, that's been your instant match reaction for Everton. They'll lead United to one. Of course, we'll do more analysis on this game in the week and build ahead to what Rob said was a must-win game against Burnley. Uh, so, thanks very much for listening. We'll speak to you again soon here on The Blue Room. Sports are easy to disagree on. Let's see what happens when sports talk hosts talk about something they agree on. No, 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 hold on. I'm saying drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Well, I disagree. I think drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. (laughs) Come on. Wait, I think we're saying the same thing. Oh, so uh, what do we do now? Everyone agrees that drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2020 and May 2021. Potential savings will vary. Sports Social Podcast Network.